a podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is John, and I have not read any of Garth Ennis's Preacher. My name is Nick, and I have read all of Garth Ennis's Preacher. And my name is Lance, and I have read all of Garth Ennis's Preacher. And I'm the only loser. <laughs> it's okay. Or maybe you're ahead. You maybe, know. I don't know. I don't this know. is better for you, maybe probably. Maybe I just look at it. I'm going to look at it from a different light. You you're know? a blank slate. Yep. So today we're going to be discussing episode five of the show titled South Will Rise Again. We will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension, any future plot lines of the show. We will be discussing the details of the series through episode five, so pause this and go watch the show before you listen to any of the rest of this episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're also G2T Podcast on Twitter, and you can send feedback to g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can send, you know, read them on air and talk about it. So send us corrections, observations, anything regarding preacher or the podcast in general any quick words before we jump in men gentlemen no sir no? all right cool so the teaser this first segment here it opens in Ratwater with cowboy mctavish riding through town stops by, he stops by the pharmacy to get a prescription filled and is told to come back tomorrow he goes to the saloon sees a man dropping some scalps off gets a room and sits down there's a preacher in the background telling a dirty joke and the preacher recognizes cowboy mctavish and uh he gets up and leaves next day uh well, I, I think I missed something there. The the Cowboy McTavish sees something going on in the back room there. It looked like there was a gentleman dead on the floor. And some uh, so this kid was being forced to watch his mother get raped, I believe, yeah. was what was going on. Yeah. Okay, so that happened. And then the next day, uh, Cowboy picks up his prescription, leaves town, runs into a family heading towards Ratwater, turns around and goes back to the saloon, decks the preacher, walks into the back room with the family he ran into, ran into and they're trading in some scalps. He promptly gets beat up by the preacher and his henchmen and leaves. Preacher recognizes Cowboy McTavish from the Civil War, tells the cowboy that he's never seen anyone more in love with killing than him, shoots the cowboy's horse. Cowboy walks all the way back to his house to find his wife and daughter's corpses being pecked out by birds, puts on his holster and gun, and end the scene. So what do you guys think of that? It was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty dynamite opening. Yeah, like I almost didn't want yeah. it. To, uh, I mean, I didn't almost. I super didn't want it to end. Oh, I yeah. was like, if there's a whole episode... About the cowboy yeah. as he is known in the show, then I'm totally into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, spoilers for the comic, but not he's the best character in the comic. Yeah, like, yeah he's pretty awesome. He's well, he's not the best character, but he's probably my favorite. Well, that whole scene in general was was very, um, you know, the music was intense. Music, like, I don't know if the music caught, reminded me so like, much of Kill Bill. Yeah, and I thought it was awesome. Like, it was, all, it yeah, was just, it yeah. just kept building and building, and it was it gets cr- the by the end, end it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was just noise. At the, almost, it wasn't even music. It was so sweet. Yeah, everything about that was really good. I think uh, Graham McTavish, the casting of Graham McTavish caught me off guard at first. Yeah, and I thought it was great. I mean, like I really like Graham McTavish, and in the episode where uh, they first introduced his character. Uh, when Alex and I were watching it, I just bought it when I was like, who is that? And he had already, cause it was just like straight silhouette. Right. And I couldn't make it out. And I was like, I got really excited cause I figured it was the character that I think it, that, that, that it is. And Alex like had already watched it. So he knew who it was and he was just looking at me, waiting for me <laughs> to figure it out. And when I was like, Oh my God, it's Craig, it's Graham McTavish. I almost said Craig McTavish, who was a hockey player. Uh, no, it is Graham McTavish. And I, and he just started cracking up cause I was so into it. But it's uh, the the sequence was really good. I think that the grit and grime like of the old west is really 
captured really well. Yeah, definitely. Like if you've ever watched Deadwood, Deadwood is so gross. Like yeah. It's just so grimy and it's very just nasty. Right. And there and there's it just seems like you wonder how did people live? Like people there's you watch something like that and knowing that it's that it's relatively historically correct. It makes you just go, man. People today are soft. Like people were so much oh, harder yeah. back then, just to just to live, just to get up in the morning. We're way, we're way cleaner. Now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, that this did a really good job, I think, of also representing that. Totally. It, it made me want to learn more about the cowboy. Like seeing that and like knowing what what little I know about him and what he's now been through. You know, as as this preacher is explaining, like I know you from the war mm-hmm. and you like to kill people and blah blah blah. Like mm-hmm. I want to know what this dude's deal is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was from Virginia, or he said he was uh, part of the Virginia Infantry or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. the other guy was from Ohio. So north and the, south. The cowboy would be yeah in the, in the Confederate Army. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Virginia. So. Yeah, probably. That, that, that's south. It's hard to remember. That would be south. I don't yeah. exactly know where the line is. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Berkeley's notorious for having the worst history book in, like, <laughs> the entire, like, nation, so. <laughs> I actually feel like I'm totally failing as somebody who really enjoyed history, but I was never huge on the, on the right. Civil War. I was more in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was really cool. And I, I think the, my memory's a little hazy on, uh, he gets sent out to get medicine. Right. Mm-hmm. I think his kid is sick. Sick. Right. And so is the implication that the sickness spread and they both died? Could he have been gone for that long, you know? Or do you right. think that they were killed? I think they, they were shot. She said it takes like three days to get there, I think, in okay. the episode where he left. And then it's so you can only assume it takes about three days to get back. But he, but he, was on he lost his horse, so yeah. he had to go back by foot so i'm assuming like i can't tell if they were murdered or if they died from the sickness it's really hard to tell i think in that yeah. little clip but yeah they were they were rotting they were so right they probably, had been there for a while yeah they were know. probably just shot or, or something something like that yeah and he just never made it back yeah but i i don't think i don't know it's well uh, i like so clearly yeah. clearly the 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 lesson is that he went back to try to help somebody who right. didn't mm-hmm. end up needing help and because he went back and stuck his neck out, he, yeah. he ended up being cost to his family is kind of what we're led to believe. Right. right. So right. I'm kind of inclined to think that they died of, of whatever illness was sweeping through. Yeah, he was um, just late. Like she told him specifically a couple episodes back, like, don't be late or don't get caught up or something right. yeah, like yeah, that. Just yeah. get back ASAP. Yeah. And so he, yeah, I think that the, the part of what will shape this character into what we know is to come is mm-hmm. that he tried to do something good and instead got slapped in the face by by God as, yep. as yeah. it were that yeah. that no sorry bud like you if you had just been selfish and gone back you may have saved them but instead they're dead and yeah. right like it's just, just like the selfishness is part of his nature and by stepping out of that box like he, he just got punished yeah basically. right yeah and instead he just like suits up and what's mm-hmm. he gonna do next he's gonna go he's gonna go mess some stuff up right <laughs> that's for rat sure. water town yeah. of rat water which is the name clean, of the whiskey as well go right? clean out the town yeah. i don't know i'm just guessing yeah I'm speculating as they say mm-hmm. any other thoughts on that lance no no it's it was really cool i liked how long it was you know yeah. i was expecting it to end at some point and then i was like no it's gonna keep going it's like well, the whole episode would be fine of this yeah, you know for sure <laughs> yeah but it's nice how they're i mean they're just building on it you know and uh how they're gonna relate it to modern times is for sure should be cool 
I will say that I need to correct myself. It was not Cowboy McTavish in the church in that scene in the last episode. Mm. Alex pointed it out that he was pretty sure I was wrong. He texted me and told me, and then I went back and rewatched the episode and was like, yeah, I'm definitely wrong. So <laughs> gotcha. Was not. I got a little, you know, preemptively excited over that sort of thing, but yeah, my bad. I didn't notice it, but when you said that, I kind of hoped it was, but I was like, I'm not sure how. It was just some other old man with a sweet mustache, (laughs) is what it really ended up being. There's a lot of good facial hair in this show, exactly. For sure. Yeah. The um, one thing that's kind of cool is I've been listening to the 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 Preacher Insider podcast, and in they were talking about uh, episode two, as they call it, but episode three, as the rest of the world is probably going to call it. Because we can count. Yes, and we start at one. And they they talk about how uh, in that episode, Jesse doesn't actually appear until probably the end of Act 1. They said it's like a solid maybe 10 minutes into the episode before you even see Jesse. Okay. And that was just a little thing that the director said that he he kind of enjoyed was that they, they were able to – they have so many good characters and so many good stories going on that they're able to – not he goes you know the show is called preacher and you don't even see the preacher for the first 10 minutes right or and in this episode again it was the whole this whole opening act was based solely on not only a, a different character but like you know 200 years ago for sure so, you know, 150 years ago yeah it is cool that the show is is just robust enough that it's able to do that definitely very nice all right so act one the scene opens with the sheriff investigating some sounds in the middle of the night outside of his house he goes. He sees that it's. It sounds like it's just nothing. Looks like something over by the garage, by the shed. And and he goes back into the house and starts cleaning up with Eugene. And uh, he tells Eugene to go upstairs. E- Eugene calls him. Calls to him from upstairs. And uh, as sheriff goes upstairs, he sees that someone had painted "finish the job" on the walls and left a shotgun for Eugene to uh, take care of himself. And sheriff asks Eugene, "Did you go see? You know, go visit Tracy and?" And he just apologizes, so we can only assume that he did go to visit the uh, the Loach family. Um, any thoughts on that, gentlemen? A little cool. It was a cool reveal when uh, you know it said finish the job, and then he moved to the side, and you saw the shotgun behind yep. him. So someone that left that for him. Arrow, scraggly yeah. arrow pointing <laughs> right? to it, as yeah. if he wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, right. So you know, it's uh, this whole mystery about um, Tracy Loach and uh, and Eugene and Eugene. It's pretty cool, I'd say. It's, yeah, and, and I think despite everything he's been through at this point it just shows that he's really trying to redeem himself because it's not like he went upstairs saw the note and just did you know <laughs> did the deed like he just you know steps aside and is like i'm not gonna do this mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I i enjoyed that a lot i'm really starting to feel for eugene yeah it was really it was really well done i really one thing i really love about the show that i have talked about probably every week and i will probably continue to do so is that they they cut they cut right into it, and they don't. They they show you as little as they need to in order for you to understand. Yep. So it was an old thing, an old screenwriting thing of cut as far into the action as you can, and cut out as early as you can, yep. so to keep your scenes nice and lean. And when this first starts, Sheriff Root is just already hollering into the woods with his gun and his flashlight, and I was like, "Whoa, what? Like, did yeah. did, did it skip ahead? Did we, right. did we miss a chapter?" And then and then all the information you need is 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 laid out after that, and so we don't. You know, I feel like another another lesser show or even a movie, anything would would start with him sitting in a chair and you'd hear like a little rattling and he'd get up and then go outside and look. Right. And by then you're burning time in your show that you just don't need. And I think this is a really excellent approach they keep taking with this show where they just get into it as early as they can and then they get out of it. It's, it's just like so, so rewarding to watch, you know, that you don't 
Like we get it. He was yeah, probably it's, it's kind of like a shoot first, ask questions later kind of approach, but like it totally pays off, you know. Yeah, it's nice. Sometimes you might be a little bit you might be a little bit confused right when you enter the scene, but then by the yeah. time you leave, you everything makes sense. It's it's just really nice. It's almost like when you watch a you're watching a mystery movie and you just don't you don't really get what's going on until the last fifteen minutes, and then suddenly the whole experience is so rewarding. Yeah, it's kind of even though the fact that one scene can do that, I think is just another testament to how well made it is. Right on. All right, the next scene, Jesse and Emily are sitting in the diner discussing what happened last Sunday. Jesse's kind of like, you know, beating around the bush, just kind of like, oh, how was it? You know, what did we blah, 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 this and that. And uh, Emily basically uh, questions Jesse, like, you know, what's going on here? And Jesse's like, oh, I made a bet with King Cannon that I couldn't make him into, if I could make him into a, a Christian that, you know, if I couldn't do it, he could get my dad's land. Emily gets all mad at him, and, and she says to Jesse, you know, it, it, you've, you feel like you're not really yourself. And Jesse says, it's not me, it's God. And then he sits down with a group of kids in the diner that uh, seem to, Jesse, Jesse's uh, influence on town seems to be getting around and he's making a little bit of an impact. And so the, the kids in town, are, they want to sit with him and talk to him about the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's your favorite uh, something? Like yeah, what's your, what's, who's your favorite gospel? Like who's what's your, favorite your favorite gospel? gospel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mark yeah. and something else. Yeah, I don't remember the other one. You know, riveting stuff. Should have took better <laughs> notes, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this is this is an interesting scene, um, just showing like how detached Emily is, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 showing Jesse like, you know, just being he's he's just sees it as like another you know today's another day, and like everybody else around him is kind of like questioning like what the hell's going on, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the at the begin I think it was at the beginning of this scene we see Jesse hanging out by the tree. Yep. Yeah, he's sitting out there so watching. So Anvil the sun, is sunset. is Ratwater now. It know. seems like. Yeah. Uh, is that what we've gathered? Was that the same tree? I'm gonna say yeah. Because <laughs> it From was all the, the scalp Indians. You could see uh, Anvil in the distance the same way you saw Ratwater in the distance. Oh. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and venture that. Ratwater eventually becomes Anvil. I didn't make that connection. I'm totally because he's sitting, he's leaning up against that tree, and is the sun's coming up, and he's looking out on the city, right? Like almost like he's kind of having this moment of like, yeah, there's my town. I'm gonna fix it. I'm fixing it, <laughs> right? Just lost soul by lost soul. But mm-hmm. it, but they make they make such a point of drawing your attention to this tree and and the uh, the cowboy story that I'm I'm inclined to think that. Anvil is the natural evolution right. of Ratwater. Maybe like Anvil is just as cursed as Ratwater was, and it's <laughs> Jesse's job, much like the Cowboys, to come and clean up town. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this yeah. is me thinking on the fly. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I like it. I like how you're thinking. Right on. All right. So after that scene switches to Tulip questioning Cassidy, trying to figure out what exactly he is. I thought it was a really funny scene. Yeah, She's like fangs. He's like nope. You know, it just kind of <laughs> yeah. goes down the list of all these like you know mm-hmm. stereotypes of vampires. He admits to being a vampire and doesn't crave blood he just needs it to heal you know he prefers single skull or single malt scotch which i thought was real that was hilarious <laughs> um and he begins questioning tulip about who she is so this you know he flips the script on her tells her that you know he's fallen hard for her <laughs> you know and she she tells him that she has a boyfriend that she's waiting for so they can go take care of carlos it clips to a quick flashback of carlos driving the car away and tulip yelling no <laughs> And then Cassidy recognizes that Carlos stole everything from Tulip, and he tells her that her boyfriend doesn't really seem like the guy she thought he was. So interesting that uh, you know Cassidy hasn't quite picked up that the boyfriend is Jesse yet, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, those flashback scenes are so good, and they're so 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 brief, but they're really yeah. awesome. Reminds me of uh, Bloodline a little bit, you know, with the uh, the ba- the flashbacks, how, yeah. how they're kind of just like piece by piece giving them to you, you right? Know, very little you know, bits and pieces. Little rations. Man. Yeah, yeah, the first. Se- I even are you talking about season one? Season one. I haven't okay. seen season two yet. I, I oh, you guys either, are in for a treat. The way the way two. every episode of season one starts with these totally out of context scenes that yeah. are just riveting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ruth Nega is really, really good. She's so good. Yeah, she's awesome. Because she's she has Tulip so firmly established in the current uh, time as a certain way. And then we see her in these flashbacks, and she's totally different. It, mm-hmm. It's one second of her one face, and it's just like, wow, she's different. She's, like, vulnerable and and like hurt and it's just really cool because we know we don't see that at all right. from her as as it currently stands like she's just phenomenal yeah she was she i i really i'm starting to like her more and more yeah absolutely yeah so this uh act one ends with jesse still talking to the kids in the diner and emily is kind of peering in you see her reflection in from the window yeah i love uh, that that was really nice yeah because because mm-hmm. you know it, the line was uh cassie's like maybe he's not the boy you think he is or something right. like that and then it's Emily's thinking that too, you know. Right. So he's it's, that's her seeing this reflection of Jesse, yeah. you know, like through the window or mm-hmm. whatever, like, or yeah. maybe she's seeing a reflection of herself and doesn't know if she's who she thinks she is. Right. You know? right. I don't know. This is me like throwing stuff that's out good. there again because I think I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> wild man. <you>. Yeah, <laughs> I know all these wild ideas. Uh, so uh, Act Two opens with Donnie laying in bed, and his wife is trying to convince him to go to work. And she tells him, you know, he's Odin's right hand man, and it's okay to lose a fight. And she says the words "South will rise again." <laughs> she tells him that if he doesn't get out of bed, she's gonna bang one of the guys from accounting. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really interesting threat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like this. Maybe they have somewhat of an open relationship of some sort. I mean, obviously, like they have some. You know, she's into some 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 beatings. You know, some phys- physicality in, in the relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So who knows what else they're into? I don't I don't even know. Um, and then the scene switches to the hotel with the otherworldly phone ringing, and Fiore and DeBlanc are sitting in the bathroom with DeBlanc trying to coach Fiore through answering the phone call and playing down the whole situation. I I think this scene's hilarious. <laughs> like. They're literally just sitting like mm-hmm. DeBlanc's in the tub, like, and it's this was in every commercial leading up to this episode, basically. But like DeBlanc's laying in the tub, he's he's basically like, okay, like the hello is the most important part of this whole thing because it, it establishes the conversation and who has the upper hand in a way. And so they're just practicing this hello over and over. I thought it was a really funny scene. It is funny that they're just as far from the phone as they can get. Right. They right. shoved themselves into the bathroom. And it's yeah. still ringing in the bathroom, out, out in the bedroom. It's still yeah. ringing. Yeah. No, those two are, are really interesting. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. uh, this episode, I guess, uh, while we're talking about them, this episode is probably my least favorite, because they, despite how amazing the opening is, because it feels like a lot of this transition. Yeah, I was going to say there there was a this episode I feel like has a lot of really short scenes that cut very quickly and it kind of makes it a little bit hard to follow. But and nobody gets used particularly well. Like, I feel like we don't get a lot of progress on anybody. It's just hard to process each scene because they switch so quickly. Yes. And and Fiora and DeBlanc, they've been really enjoyable thus far, but they don't really do anything in this episode. And Tulip kind of doesn't really do anything in this episode. And Jesse talks a lot but he doesn't really do, there's not a lot of doing in this episode it's a lot of talking which isn't necessarily bad because it was again they're they're all really good characters and everything they're talking about is pretty engaging right so you can stay stay tuned but there's been a lot of 
forward momentum in the previous episodes, and this one kind of felt like it was. And and it's it's fine because we're at episode five, so we're kind of at about that halfway point where right. everything, all the allegiances and and the way not allegiances, but the way all the characters kind of feel about everything is kind of shifting a little bit. So we're kind yeah, of setting up the second they've half. They've basically the just as, they've finished establishing the characters and all of their like you know demeanor and who they are as people and from yeah. here it's all downhill <laughs> well i think w- you you are right yeah they've been kind of setting up everybody and, and the relationships and now that we know most of what's going on i'm kind of expecting it to say okay and for everything to be streamlined and for us to get some real forward momentum on the story and if they spend the rest of the season kind of just lots of people talking about how they feel i'm gonna be like well, right well right. maybe maybe that's why this this had so many quick scenes and quick cuts was so that they could finish wrapping up establishing the characters because the next episodes are all going to be much longer uh sequences of particular characters could and be. leaving yeah. some of the other ones out in the for the time being and following them up in a later episode or something yeah so just uh, some more speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene switches to Emily walking into Jesse's house. She picks up the donation money and makes a note in the ledger. She goes to take a leak, and Tulip comes out of the shadows to ask Emily where Jesse is. Emily tells Tulip that he's at the diner. Tulip looks up and down at Emily while she's sitting on the toilet, closes the door, and then there's a quick little just this look of jealousy on Tulip's face that I don't know if you guys really picked up on that or not. Like she, yeah. Like she... Thinks yeah. that Emily and Jesse are sleeping together yeah. or have something going on. She measured her up. Oh, good. for sure. Yeah, like, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was that was a really nice, uh, nice way to 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 set that little relationship up between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I liked the use of the sound of her peeing to just yeah, kind of you, help punctuate that te- moment. The tensity. Yeah. Like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, and then the scene switches to the sheriff's house. Eugene is fixing his dad some breakfast. The sheriff looks pretty frustrated, sitting at the table with his head in his hands. And uh, Eugene offers to help him cut up his food and begins to cut it up, making all kinds of terrible screeching noises, which made me cringe. Um, the sheriff flips out and flings the food across the room and says, if you want to help out, maybe you should do like they said and finish the job. And Eugene gives him the saddest look I've ever seen a character give another character in a TV show and then proceeds to clean up the food and the, and the scene ends. <laughs> This scene made my heart hurt for no, Eugene. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and his uh, mom was in the background too. So you, I like, don't, like, you, you know the problem. And, like, yeah, this family. She just ignores it. Yeah, yeah. It's so sad. Well, she's like catatonic. Is right? she? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I couldn't recall. Yeah. She's okay. She's like yeah, catatonic. I guess yeah, is the only just, way to put just, it. Yeah, yeah, just, just sitting there, almost like Tracy Loach, almost. Yeah. yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's um. Well, yeah. Continue. Okay, well, it moves on to Act 3 at this point. Um, so Act 3, scene opens with some Rush Limbaugh-looking dude turning the power down at the power plant. Yeah. So it seems like he's flipping some knobs real quick and watches the power level decrease a bit. It seems like he's doing Homer Simpson's job. You think so? He's just there to turn Isn't knobs. Is that kind of what Homer does? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> just monitors like a gauge. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it switches to Ken Cannon apologizing to the mayor for pissing in his suitcase and mentions that you know he was at church and he's trying to make amends and... Donnie flips out and yells at Odin, to, and, and he's like, you know, tell me what the preacher said to you. And Odin just tells Donnie that preacher told him to serve God, which he will from this day forward. And, you know, he's, he's like, are you going to keep yelling questions at me in front of the mayor? And uh, Odin tells the mayor to set up the meeting between uh, the Green Acre group, and they toast to these new beginnings. And then as he's peering out the window, he says, the shun signs when you take time to look at it. So... Yeah, Jackie O'Haley is really awesome. He just continues to be more and more awesome. Oh, for series. sure. He he's so 
just kind of an unspoken menace in previous episodes. Yep. Yeah. Or soft spoken menace, I guess. It's not yeah. that he doesn't speak. But even some in some of the scenes he like doesn't talk, he just makes like a noise. Mm-hmm. And he's just really clearly a kind of a wacko. Right. And then he's so cheerful in this scene. And like I just kept laughing. He's so funny and his delivery is just so howdy doody. Yep. All the time. And he mm-hmm. had just so many little moments of yes he did. Yes he did. He's mm-hmm. just like this like, mm-hmm. foghorn leghorn. Yep. Charming <laughs> yeah. little southern man. And it's just just delightful. Yep. And then uh, the scene switches to Jesse still at the diner, and clearly he's been using his power to try and help everyone in town who needs it. Tulip shows up and tells a story about Jesse shooting a Komodo dragon in the head. <laughs> and uh, she's basically trying to get him to realize who he used to be. Again, everybody does, they all think that he's not who he was, except the, everyone in town seems to see him as like, you know, he finally is something to them. Whereas before he was nothing, they didn't want to follow him, but now they're they're willing to talk to him and and have him set them straight. Uh, basically, he turns them down, saying that he you know he's changed and that she can change too and she can be good and everybody just wants to be good. And then a waitress comes in and says that someone's outside to speak to preacher and you know the waitress tells Eugene that he's not allowed in, so she calls to Jesse to go outside. So he goes out to talk to Eugene and. Eugene, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I'd like you to help me with my dad. You know, I think I think he's he feels he's suffering for my sins. And he asked Jesse to pray with his dad, but doesn't know if the sheriff is, will go for something like that. And Jesse says, you know, he'll think of something. And then it ends scene. So mm-hmm. any thoughts on that one, guys? Uh, the I noticed more the second time watching it, how Jesse talks to Tulip and he talks to her very sweetly, like very softly. And probably it irritates the hell out of her. Right. You know, so, um, you know, I liked how he did that. And you, you guys had mentioned in the previous episode how when she got out of the car at the gas station or oh something God, yeah, and he was, like he gave this look to her like that was oh, two episodes ago. Yeah. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, that's like how he handles hers is I, I like how um, Dominic Cooper is handling her. It's, it's yes. very yeah. like been there, done that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's very direct with her in this like calm and you know he's just like i'm done dealing with your bullshit you know this is this it's funny the uh the the waitress when she approaches jesse she says some something is outside yeah something that's right and i was when she first said that i was like what and then i thought i my i immediately thought it was cassidy because we know he's not right he's not a Human I thought it was Cassidy se. dressed as like with his whole with his like, sun <laughs> hat and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the poncho and yeah. the hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it, as as Jesse walked to the door, then I realized I was like, oh, it's probably Eugene. And then sure enough, it was. The whole town like, is so God, mean to him. <laughs> poor Eugene. What did he do? Yeah. And he even sits there and he's like, the whole town hates me. My Everybody dad hates, hates me. me. Everyone hates me. And Jesse's like, I don't hate you. Why would he hate him? You know, like, I don't know. So. And then, all right, so act four, Jesse shows up at the Loach house, and Mrs. Loach is, you know, she she asks the preacher to pray with Tracy because he has the most, you know, he he seems to have the most, uh, the best results in, mm-hmm. in praying with her. Mm-hmm. And as he goes, steps in the house, Mrs. Loach looks outside and sees Eugene sitting in the truck and just starts smashing the hell out of the truck. And the preacher tells her, you know, that he brought Eugene and commands her to drop the baseball bat that she has. And she drops it and picks up something else. I don't know what exactly it was that Looked she like, picked up. Yeah, it was weird. Like it was jack or something. Yeah, for like a car jack. Hold yeah. Yeah. So she grabs a jack and starts smashing at the car. And, uh, you know, he Jesse commands her to step away from the car. And, and Jesse goes up to the car, pulls Eugene out and says, you know, come on here. And, and tells, you know, says that, you know, 
Mrs. Loach is hurting and Eugene's hurting and you know he leans over to Mrs. Loach and says forgive him and she you know opens up her arms in front of this crowd that's gathered to see the spectacle before them and and she starts to embrace Eugene and the the kids I'm assuming those are her kids I don't know like yeah they focused on those two kids for some right reason. so I'm assuming yeah. they're Tracy's brothers her yeah. you know Mrs. Loach's kids and uh-huh. And uh, and they're they're just kind of looking like what's going on, you know. And mm-hmm. so their mom's embracing this monster of a yeah. of a boy that ruined their sister. You heard the music when when that happened? No, I didn't. The, I it didn't was like a very the, the more you know kind of music. No, really? It was like dun, dun, dun. it was like it was very cheesy. <laughs> and you saw Jesse smile, and yeah. you're like, Where, what kind of show is this? <laughs> you know, that's awesome. All right. And then so I think uh, I think my theory has come to pass that that Eugene was involved in the right. in the accident that put Tracy in her current state. Yep. And uh, I really want to know what it is for some reason. Like I don't need to know. I think we pretty much know everything we need to. That some sort of it's probably a car accident or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I really want to know because I don't know. It's burning at me now. I, see, I don't know if it's a car accident. Was she is she disfigured at all or anything? Like well, that's true. And like, she I didn't screams murderer at him. Like, yeah, mur- like so maybe maybe he killed somebody that was close to Tracy or something like that. Yeah, maybe. that could be true. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Or maybe like to to Mrs. Loach, her daughter's already dead to her. You yeah. know, and she considers Eugene the murderer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's very that's a very good point. I've I've been kind of assuming all along that it had to do with Tracy, but maybe it was something else. Maybe the show seems to have a way of making you think something's going a certain way and then redirecting it another way. So, yeah, I just like, I kept thinking like, you know, maybe like she's sitting here with this shred of hope thinking that preacher's going to help Tracy somehow. But in all reality, she just thinks her daughter's dead. You know, like maybe that's, that's what's going on there. So, Mm. um, Next scene, Donnie and his wife are sitting outside eating lunch at uh, Kin Cannon Meat and Power. Donnie starts telling his wife about how the preacher has some power, and he's commanded him and Linus and now Kin Cannon. And he says, "There's nothing that you can do about it." It's you know, he tell, tells his wife how a preacher made him hold a gun in his mouth, and he's just a puppet. And Donnie says, "Please don't screw Russell in accounting." <laughs> and uh, his wife basically says, "You know, pretty soon preacher's gonna get what he deserves." Which is an interesting, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This, this abuse yeah. of power is going to come and bite him in the ass, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty like it, it's definitely a threat. Like it's weirdly, you know, like she might know something we don't, you know, right. like, yeah, because yeah. she's been kind of passive the whole yeah. series so far. She's just yeah. been like, oh, he beat your ass and broke your arm. Sorry. Yeah, he know. tried to help her at one point, yeah. you know, right, and she was he, like, no, I was, like it. He was misguided by their kid, you know, right. like, who was just trying to help his mom because he doesn't mm-hmm. understand, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, as as uh, the mom is trying to shed light on that situation, you know, mm-hmm. like here here is Donnie shedding light on the preacher and, and his mm-hmm. wife's just like, mm-hmm. he'll get what he deserves, you know. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, the 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 power structure in that scene was very interesting. It was Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely shifted from before where you thought well in like first episode, you know, he was grabbing her arm and stuff like that. You thought he was the dominant one, but now with the with the scene in bed and with this scene and he's right. crying in her in her bosom, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's uh he's clearly a wimp. Right. You know. Yeah, and it, it kind of runs, it's interesting, it runs in line with something they said on the Insider Podcast where they talked about the, the son being a bully 
and the dad being a bully. And they said there's like this legacy of being a bully that's really interesting between those two characters. And they talked about how when the dad told his son that come here in the in the alley, like in episode two or something, two yeah. or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way the kid kind of stands there for a second and then it kind of like goes, Right, and goes in the alley because he thinks he's about to get beat up because mm-hmm. he's been a, he's usually the one doling out the the bullying, and then his dad kind of tells him this thing, and he actually just sets the record straight, and the kid like tells his dad like I beat up a kid like as a way to like impress his dad or like get get his favor, right? And I think that it's you know it seems to be the old uh, adage that like you know bullies are secretly inside they're very like they're very wounded and and emotional and. And are hiding something and making up for it by being bullies, and so it's kind of funny watching Donnie just collapse. Like, with, <laughs> right, his yeah, brain yeah. just can't understand what what is happening. Why he is no longer the alpha in in the town, you know? And just a preacher can just tell him something, and he'll yeah. And I feel like they've they've said the whole right hand man thing has come up a few times now, and mm-hmm. I think that's just people kind of putting him in his place that he's really not the top dog, mm-hmm. you know? Like yeah. you're you're just the right hand. Just man. keep reminding him, yeah, yeah he's yeah. just a goon. This is who you are. Yeah, you're just you're yeah. down a peg, like dial it back, son. You know, it's true. So, all right. So the next uh, scene it switches to Jesse and Eugene driving in the truck, and Eugene basically is like, "What happened back there?" And, Preacher just says that, uh, you know, Eugene and his dad won't have to worry anymore. You know, everybody's kind of like, Jesse feels as though he fixed it. You know, I fixed the problem. No more problem. Real quick scene. And then it switches to Tulip sitting in her car outside of a pharmacy. And she puts on a mask and gets out and tucks a gun in her pants as she walks towards the place. End scene. Kind of leaves you like, what the hell's going on here? Mm -hmm. So, any notes on that quick, those quick two little bits? Um, well, I, I realized that Jesse didn't go in and pray with Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she asked him to do that. And then he's like, no, I'm going to do this other thing. I'm going to make you forgive this guy who hurt your family. Well, so. he, I, I mean, his, his reasoning for showing up first was to get her to, you know, to forgive Eugene. Uh-huh. Um, and I think he set out to use his power to do that from yeah. the get go. Yeah. Um, but he did oblige and, and step in the house to go pray with Tracy. He just never did. Uh-huh. Right, right. He so, said he was going to. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just it it feels a lot like Jesse is only addressing the symptom and not the problem, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. I'm wondering. Right. And we still don't know too much about his ability. We don't know when it reaches its like what what its half-life is essentially. Like is yeah. this is that was what he commands going to stay in effect permanently or is it going to wear off, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's a little more specific about it in the in the comic. Once he gets a whole, once he gets the hang of it, he kind of understands. Right, right. This kind of thing, uh, to sometimes dreadful effect. For sure. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm way obviously he's still kind of learning, and he still doesn't really know even what it is. And right. That's the thing. Again, I'm just dying for them to just get out with it already. Like, what is it inside of him? And we're just, we're right there. We're yep. right there. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Just, yeah. yeah we're yeah. not there yet. I think, it, I think it needs to happen. It's just, just get it out of the way. Don't save that for the finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just get it on. Let's get it on. <laughs> get a move on. All right. So act five starts out with uh, DeBlanc and Fiore about to answer the phone. And DeBlanc is, is playing hype man and getting Fiore all pumped to take this call. And then as, as Fiore stands up, the phone stops ringing. Real quick scene, but hilarious it nonetheless. Yeah. Nonetheless, it took them that whole like process of time yeah. to like get to the point where they're ready to talk, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the the look on their face is just like, oh no, it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what We've gone do too we far. do now? <laughs> yep. 
So then the scene flips to Tulip standing outside of a strip club, and Cassidy comes strolling out, and she hands him some of the drugs that she stole from this pharmacy, and they bang one out in the car, and she looks pretty unenthused, and clearly she's she's doing this with Cassidy as a way to get back at Jesse mm-hmm. and Emily. Uh-huh. Like, do you see... I don't know if you guys have ever been in that kind of situation of jealousy, but mm-hmm. like that is a, a very common yeah, <laughs> yeah. thread of actions. Yeah, but I want to know if she knows because she hit Cassidy, threw him out the window, right? And then t- does she know that that Cassidy and Jesse are friends? Yes. Oh, I, she does. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I'm not so it, sure. Well, even if she doesn't, though, it doesn't matter. Like, the friendship thing doesn't matter. It's, it's she just she's, wants to have she's somebody. Getting, to, she's getting a yeah. piece. Yeah. You know, she's getting some, mm-hmm. and hopefully with the effect being that it's going to make Jesse jealous when right. he finds out. Yeah. I think it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's a kind of... I don't of know a, if, like, yeah, I don't know if they actually have that connection yet, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I, I do believe being... Having been in similar situations myself, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who it is. The yeah. fact that it sure. happened is really sure. all that matters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, not to get too personal. <laughs> no, but I feel you on that, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, she just, she's kind of using him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he uses her for drugs. Yep. You know? Yeah. Precisely. It's definitely a really healthy thing they've got. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah. Well, at least he's doing, like, real pharmaceuticals instead of <laughs> smoking insulation from the attic. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so then Jesse is back at the diner still helping with the townspeople, and the sheriff shows up and says that some men from the government are here to talk to him. If you are in DeBlanc step in frame they sit down to talk things over they tell jesse they're from heaven and they explain that cassidy gave them the runaround and that they've been you know, they've been real patient but they really need what's inside of him and they tell him you know what what's inside of you isn't god because jesse assumes that it is god and that's basically the end of that scene and then it switches to Cannon, and the mayor shows up with the green acre group to have this discussion and uh mayor gets uh Brings brings the Green Acre group in. There's one guy from Green Acre group that's in the bathroom, and the other three step in. Ken Cannon pours them some uh, some booze. They sit down to toast, and uh, Ken Cannon looks at Mayor and says, "Should we wait?" And Mayor's like, "It's up to you." And Ken Cannon's like, "Well, look, let's get started." Pulls out a shotgun and blows all three of them away, and he says the phrase, uh, "Well, Mayor, we grow and we die." And he says it a few times, uh, two or three times, I think. He says, "We grow mm-hmm. and we die," yeah. and then. Uh, the fourth person from Green Acre Group opens the door and peers in, and King Cannon just blows him away and steps out of frame. Yeah. And then you're left with the mayor standing there all confused, like, what just happened here? Yeah. And that's it. That's yeah. the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that whole scene took me completely off guard. Yes. Like, I did not see that coming at yeah. all. Yeah. So. Well, I kind of felt the, the whole episode that the bottom was going to fall out for Jesse that his uh, power would like it wouldn't solve the town like it wouldn't it wouldn't help out anybody like you know because even like the bus driver when he says forget her you know right. that guy's still now it's almost like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind where like jim carrey forgot kate winslet but then when he sees her again he falls in love with her again you know right so in a, in a sick way for a preacher though it's a, it's a it's little girl cyclical <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah exactly so it's like it didn't really help anybody you know right you're just ruining people's lives, <laughs> almost. That's, you know? that's a, so that's that's just him not understanding what this power is capable of, right. and, yeah. and he's just sitting there like hashing, you know, throwing out all this advice to people who, mm-hmm. you know, he thinks need it, mm-hmm. and he's giving them the most like, I mean, 
it's just vague. Yeah. You know, he's not being precise with it, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Clearly not so good yeah. as yeah. we've seen so far. I mean, I'm yeah. sure at some points like giving vague advice would be good because then it allows certain people to interpret things the way they need to interpret it. But mm -hmm. using this commanding power that he mm -hmm. has, there's no room for interpretation. Like mm, yep. these people take it deliberately at its word and do with it what they will. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's uh, it's funny because it's kind of keeping in line with the sort of indictment of religion, the idea of of Catholicism specifically mm -hmm. uh, or, or Christianity, rather, um, because it's, he's just, you know, a, a, as a preacher, he's supposed to have a, a direct line to God, so to speak, and he's supposed to right. be able to communicate with God. And then when people come to him with their problems and he just says, be patient. Yeah. Or use your best judgment. Use your best judgment. And that right. one, that what, one got like, me. Honestly, what the hell yeah. kind of advice is that? And then, that and then when they heard that, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah exactly. I should use my yeah, best judgment." It's really, <laughs> right. it's really funny. It's definitely kind of it takes a step back into that. Whoa, sorry, back into that uh, satire territory because the the book is very everything. The book is really it's about tons of stuff, and there's a lot going on. But at its, at its core, there's a lot of questioning about. Uh, Religion, right, and Christianity, and a lot of like, almost anger. Well, uh, a lot of definite anger. Yes, but there's this, there's this uh, element of satire to it, where the it kind of p almost pokes fun at it, and and, and this this scene and, and this whole uh, little mini arc that Jesse has going on this whole episode is is really kind of in line with that, and I thought it was pretty funny that it's just these terrible answers and <laughs> and yet these people when they hear it they're just like oh as if they're supposed to go on and like everything's fixed right and it's just ludicrous the, just, the way their faces change when he gives them that the advice yeah. like they look so concerned beforehand and then mm -hmm. he literally utters three words to these people and it's just like all the weight is lifted off. Oh, shoulders. And, and he like, looks so satisfied with himself after everyone <laughs> and i'm sure that garth ennis and and everybody in Writing this is, you know, part of them is just kind of laughing and being like, God, isn't, isn't that just the way that they, they, they probably think that, like, you know, religious officials and stuff feel. Right, that like, level of oh, I've, arrogance. I've, I've, you know, I've blessed like, you with this answer. Mm -hmm. Use your best judgment. Right. It's like a fortune cookie. Like, it doesn't mean <laughs> shit. Yeah. Fortune cookies or horoscopes, the whole exactly. thing. I mean, it's all this, yeah. this just vague... Uh, you know, generalizations that can apply to whatever situation, you know, mm -hmm. like telling someone to use their best judgment can be used in so many different instances, right. like mm -hmm. with so many different, you know, situations and things like that. So it's pretty yeah. funny. Like Jesse has gone and become a full blown preacher. Yeah. He's just kind of given these. Yeah. Like a televangelist kind of guy. Yeah. And now yeah. life lessons. <laughs> yeah. None of them are worth. Exactly. Worth yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. That was in a way almost the funniest part of the whole episode because by the end just he's just like he's just totally high on this on this drug he's found and he just thinks he's doing these wonderful things to these people and like when you when you're removed from it and you're watching it kind of like emily i guess in right this episode you're kind of like this is such a waste of time and she she's just gonna sit back and watch it all burn you know like yeah yeah it's it's gonna yeah. it's gonna just turn on. You everybody. can tell that she's the one responsible because you know she bought that TV and she's yep. talking about the payments she's got to make on it and yep. like she folded his clothes and at one point in the uh, in the uh, in his house. She's she's yeah. I mean she's the mom through yeah. and through you mm -hmm. know yeah. and she believes in him but maybe not so much anymore. I think right. She knows. Well, she believes in what he was, not so much mm -hmm. what he is now. That's I mean the whole point of that is like I mean everyone's questioning who he is you know and while the people closest to him are the ones that are like you know they're really like who are you the people you know the townspeople who don't really know him 
because he hasn't been around up until. I mean, did they say like how long it had been since he had been around the town? I don't think. Well, Carlos was like two, three years ago. Okay, like so that. we can assume yeah. that he's recently come back to the town, yeah. right? Yeah, like they, I, I don't really feel like they went into that. He's been gone since he was a kid, right? So probably, probably like yeah, I don't know when when yeah, I don't know anything about his past necessarily, but yeah. um, but yeah, like I mean, you can assume that the townspeople have no idea who he is as a person and what he stands for and mm-hmm. and what he really believes in, and and now he's created this facade that like clearly the people closest to him see right through him. And those who don't know him very well are just eating it up, you know. Yeah. They think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and so does he. You know, he's mm-hmm. just he's soaking it in. It's just, you know, bloating his ego. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty definitely interesting. The, it definitely went to a really interesting place. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys have any other questions that you think need to be like answered? That from this episode, like anything stand out that you really want to know, like what what's going on with this? It's time. It's time to reveal what's going on. What, yeah, what it is. It's time. Like just do yeah. it. Yeah, we're here. He's face to face with Fiora and DeBlanc. Like, I think that'll be next. Let's episode. be out with it. Uh, why or uh, not why, but how exactly Odin interpreted Jesse's command? Right, is, is really interesting. And yeah, because it could he could be still be following it, serving God. I mean, maybe like the people at uh, what's it, Green. Green maybe he knows Green more Acres. about Green Acres yeah. group than we know. Or yeah, maybe they could his be idea bad. Of what God is is right. like not S- serve you know. God. That could mean that I'm I'm supposed to be like help everybody with can can and meat and power. Right. Like I'm supposed to be in charge of all this. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know asking a man of of really inflated ego and and power to serve God is is you know what he's yeah. gonna do with right. that is pretty interesting. Yup. He always says yup. Like even when he hit, yep. after he shot the guy, he's like yup. Yup. Yep. And then away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Uh-huh. He, does, he does that little yeah. head nod yeah. too, and like just walks off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when they were doing the uh, the Civil War reenactment with all the little uh, the things, he, like the Alamo. Yeah, uh, he was always like, like they even cut to him at one point, and the only thing he said was, "Yo." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I wish we could take a could see a video of Lance when he does that. You just, really, you just stare <laughs> yeah. right in the mind and go, "Yo, yo." <laughs> Yeah, he's really good. He's really like the, every every delivery in that scene earlier where Donnie's in the corner is so funny. Like uh, the way he turned to Donnie, he's like, "Yes, he did. Yes, he did." And he's just like very <laughs> yeah. this little Mister Agreeable man. It's really really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I definitely want them to get more into the cowboy. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna skip an episode. He seems to be like on one, off one kind of thing. Uh huh. They don't yeah. want to. They don't want to go too far into him. Yeah, they can't open with him every time. Here's I feel the, like I yeah. feel like I need a good like twenty minutes of cowboy. You uh-huh. know, like I really want to know what's going on with mm-hmm. that. Well, the thing that worries me about the show, and it, I'm I'm really loving it now. Like I, I liked it from the start. I liked it more than I thought I would, and now I, I just really really love it. And Lance mentioned. Uh, or no, John, it was when you when you said you don't really know, or you asked how long has Jesse been gone. Right. And Lance and I were both kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> we, we might know some things, we might yeah. not. Yeah. But, and you were like, well, I guess I don't really, I, don't, I just don't really know that much about him. And there's so much great, great story here. That, and, with, and especially even with a new direction they're taking with the characters, I can, they just have so much wonderful potential on their hands. And I just really don't want this to go the way of like Hannibal or something. Where, right. Where it goes too soon before it had a chance to, finish telling everything that it wanted to tell because Hannibal had like a, six, a five or six year plan and he was like that's it like that after that we'll be done 
And I was like, man, just just keep going. You made it halfway. Just yeah. keep going. There's so <laughs> much goodness to come. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously it got canceled. So with this, I, I mean, I know unless it, it, because they've started it, they have to finish it. Because the conclusion of the book is so amazing yes. that it has to be played out on screen <laughs> because I have to know how the world will react to it. Right. It's mm-hmm. just so good. And, yeah. and, all, and where all the characters land and everything is just so phenomenal and so satisfying. At least I think so. Yeah, yeah. it I is I know great. some people yeah. felt let down by the ending of the book. And I think it's just so utterly perfect that if it... No. If of, I, if all I the characters are there that need to be there. If I don't yeah. get to see it played out in another medium... I'm going to be really bummed out. Now, up to this point, though, like how far has the show drifted from the comics? Like without, obviously, like we don't want to talk too in-depth about the comics. I'm just curious, like from that respect, like how far off of the comics are they? Are they really creating like a different timeline sort of thing? Like yeah. parallel universe sort of yeah. blah, blah, blah. Kind of parallel, I'd say. Okay. Probably. Some yeah. some things have happened that do happen in the book, but it's out if, of order, you, if, if you were going to take a, a real, a really, really broad stance and say like roughly what issue are they at? Yeah, they're still at issue one because okay. <laughs> oh yeah, every, actually yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. They they are. Yeah. It's almost like a a prologue to the book. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think I remember hearing on the Insider podcast that they said the show will eventually. I think by like probably season two, pick up where the book starts. You know, for for lack of a better term. And I really can't wait to see that. But because, you know, the book starts with, with quite a bang. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they even said what I said earlier on in our show, uh, that when the book starts, you're just, you're there. You're right in it. And by the end of the yeah. first issue, you're like, whoa, this just hits the gas and yeah. right. it goes. Yeah. So it is very different. And I've, I've grown very acclimated to what they're doing. And I think it's phenomenal. I think it's really, really great. And it's yeah. probably the best way to do it. Because like uh, Alex and I said a couple episodes ago, uh, you know, the, the several people who have tried to adapt this came to Garth Ennis, and especially I think Mark Stephen Johnson was like hard line, like we want to do this panel for panel, and he was like, you know, you, and Garth Ennis was like, no, don't do that, like <laughs> yeah. don't do it. it or squeezing it into like a ten hour miniseries. Oh my god, could you imagine? It would have been terrible. Yeah, so bad. No, 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 no. Yeah, no way. This is the right way to go, and it's yeah. it's very good so far. And I I haven't talked to any nobody I know that hasn't read the book besides you guys is watching it. Really? And I find that such a bummer because I'm like, uh, they keep asking me about it though. Like, a well, lot of even my, like that's a lot of the my thing. Even saying, as someone who hasn't read the book, if anything, it's just making me want to go read the book. And like seeing how excited the two of you guys are about mm-hmm. the books makes yeah. me want to read the book. Dude, I'm telling you, the book is so so crazy. It's, it's so uh, crazy. man. There's just so much violence. There's so much depravity. There's just <laughs> yeah. But, but always with this yeah. weird little like sly sense of humor. Oh yeah, and, it's funny. Yeah. It's so it's. I mean, yeah, you could say like. I said those two things, right? But it's lighthearted as well with its humor. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I even, I think I said in the pilot um, that when I, when I heard that uh, Rogan and Goldberg were going to make it, I was kind of like, eh, what? And then I read it and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I kind of <laughs> got it. Yeah. And like, I get the little hits of, of like Seth Rogan's humor. I yes. definitely pick them up mm-hmm. like throughout. And I, I like, I think he's funny as hell. So yeah. for me, like this, this really works. Like I think the show works really, really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically so. the TLDR. I don't want to get into a whole another like gushing about how great the book is. Cause that's exhausting. You can read that anywhere, but the, they're doing really well. Like it's, it's exactly what it needs to be. And I think Good. if it, yeah. if it gets canceled too early, it'll be, a real shame because yeah. seeing seeing all of this play out is going to be so satisfying. Well, hopefully these uh, these preacher podcasts that which <laughs> yeah. by the way we were rated. I don't know if it was actually a ranking, but we were number three on the list of AMC's Congratulations. top preacher I'm gonna podcasts. No, I'm gonna say it's a ranking. It's a, it's a ranking. Yeah. Why would we're, they put we're, it? we're in the top three? We're yeah. number th- we're number three. You know, it's, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Like yes, AMC oh, themselves. Hopefully, these podcasts will help push a wider audience into watching this show. Because even, mm-hmm. like I said, as someone who hasn't read the books, like I love this show. I'm really pumped. Um, and, and I want to see where it goes for sure. Like I'm definitely, I mean, the idea of this, you know, the whole religious thing, like as being someone who was raised Catholic and kind of denounced the religion, so to speak, like this all interests me very much. And to see somebody pick it apart and criticize it from in, in like a comic form and now a television form is something that I find interesting. So mm-hmm. hopefully oh, yeah. others Fasten will also. your seatbelt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ride or die. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any burning questions, Lance? Anything? Um, no, just one comment. Like I, I think uh, TV shows, you know, they have a different job to do, and the way they they're handling um, Tulip and Cassidy, it was pretty economical because you know it happens a little bit later in the book, something similar to that. Right. Um, but they're like, well, let's just let's just lay it out there. So, um, th- I'm I'm interested to see where they go with that. Yes. I, I think yeah. that like you you said it it's uh. They they make it happen faster in the TV yeah. show. Okay, so I, that probably lends itself like 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 you said, TV shows are are doing a different thing from comics in a way. Mm-hmm. So like they you know they're obviously like adapting it to a different audience mm-hmm. or trying to yeah. you know, and yeah. that's part of it. Like people lose interest in things so fast yeah. nowadays. Like they kind of have to just give it up like real early to uh-huh. be like this is yeah. what's going on, just yeah. so you know, and then yeah. move it on. Down Which the is line. good. It, it's it, good. It keeps the story moving. For yeah, sure. it's just sure. gonna get bogged down and like yeah. I mean, honestly, how many episodes have we talked about how we don't want to see Tulip ragging on Jesse anymore about right. doing this thing? And it's only been five episodes, but <laughs> yeah. it felt like it felt like we sat through ten hours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's good that the things are are propelling. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Can't wait for next week. Yeah, yeah. the episode's yeah. called Sundowner, and so I was like, yeah. "Ooh, that's cool." Did you yeah. see the visit? No, this isn't it? film nerds. We'll talk about that another time. Okay, but the movie, The Visit. Yeah. Oh, the M Night Shyamalan movie. No, I didn't see it. about yeah. sundowning, and it was it was great. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, time. once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on g2tpodcast.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We are also G2T Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us at g2tpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of the show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so we can read them on air. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. If you want to hear Nick and Alex talk about film and other, you know, with a couple other friends, be sure to check out the Midwest Film Nerds podcast at midwestfilmnerds.com. And uh, the Midwest Podcast Network also has a video game podcast with me as the host. I'm John, again, Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. Check that out at MidwestGameNerds.com. Our theme music is the song All In by The Red Thread and is being used under a non-commercial Creative Commons license. So all that being said, go forth and speak the good word.